Good morning, everyone. Today is Pentecost Sunday, and on this day we celebrate the sending of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles, and we also reflect on the role of the Holy Spirit in each and every one of our lives. It's good to see all of you here present in church to gather, to pray, to pray for those who we have lost, to pray for all of us here present, to pray for the growth of our community, but also to pray in gratitude for every single person who has made Holy Cross Church such a wonderful community of faith. One of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to unite, and we see more and more our community and people reuniting with each other, and that is a great blessing. Very often, people are confused about the role of the Holy Spirit and who is the Holy Spirit, or sometimes, in addition to who is the Holy Spirit, what does the Holy Spirit actually do? Because one of the qualities of the Holy Spirit is that although He is present in all places and fills all things, not visible in the way that we understand the word visible. We also see the Holy Spirit as giving us wisdom and guidance. What is wisdom? What is guidance? It's not physically seen. And even when we speak in church, when somebody else guides, makes a decision for the church, or when I speak here in public, somehow we feel that the Holy Spirit is guiding this whole process. When I was in the seminary, we learned that when we do speak in church, we are led by the Holy Spirit, and we have to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, not only when we are studying and praying in our daily life, but also in the church. And our teachers emphasized that the apostles spoke with the power of the Holy Spirit because they allowed the Holy Spirit to fill them and, to allow, and they allow themselves to be instruments of that Holy Spirit. And we see many examples of this, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. For example, in chapter 1 of the Acts of the Apostles, Jesus tells his, his disciples, you shall receive power from the Holy Spirit when he comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. In other words, starting here, starting where you are, but then the Holy Spirit guides you to a greater mission that is beyond your immediate environment. And when they received the Holy Spirit, they were no longer afraid. They spoke with clarity and conviction. You see this stark contrast in the life of the apostles. You read the Gospels, some days they're afraid, and then the Holy Spirit descends upon them, and then the Acts of the Apostles tells us of their great power. For example, in chapter 4 of the Acts of the Apostles, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, and he continued his speech. Peter was not afraid to speak to the people and the elders because he became filled with the Holy Spirit. And we also learn that when we speak, we should not worry because like St. Peter and the other apostles, we too will have the Holy Spirit with us who will give us clarity and wisdom. I'm not sure how often this applies to me, but I definitely try to always allow the Holy Spirit to work in me and through me. There's a story of a newly ordained priest who studied well, 
really understood the role of the Holy Spirit and really focused on not being nervous before his first homily. He remembered what he learned, that the Holy Spirit will work through him. He prepared well, and although he was nervous, he managed to give a good homily. After church, someone walked up to him and, he, and they said, Father, that was a great homily. He wanted to be humble and he said, well, that wasn't me. That was the Holy Spirit working through me. The person looked a little puzzled. He said, Father, that was a good homily, but it wasn't that good. So therefore, we sometimes are not only confused about the Holy Spirit is, but also what the Holy Spirit actually is doing. And that's where wisdom becomes important. We accept the Holy Spirit, we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, but we also have to continually discern whether the things we're saying or doing are a reflection of the works of the Holy Spirit that are found throughout Scripture. Although the topic of the Holy Spirit has many aspects, I would like to focus uh, today on only two very small points. This is really a, a, uh, a topic that covers the entire Bible from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. And it's easy to get overwhelmed, but let's focus on a few points. First of all, to learn a little bit about the role of the Holy Spirit in Scripture, but also the role of the Holy Spirit in our day-to-day -day life. Let's focus on two points. Who is the Holy Spirit? And second, what does the Holy Spirit do? In brief, the Holy Spirit is God. When we think of God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we are not referring to three separate gods. Rather, we believe in God who revealed Himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is one of the unique things about our faith. We are not a philosophical faith. We don't sit around trying to figure out what it is we want to believe of God or what it is we want God to be for us, but the essence of our faith is how God has revealed Himself to us, first in the Old Testament and then perfectly in Christ, and then Christ reveals the Holy Spirit. So God has revealed Himself in both the Old Testament and the New Testament together as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We may find this understanding of God as three in one a little difficult, but there are many things around us that are three in one. So this is not a completely obscure concept. For example, think of a triangle. A triangle has three angles, but it remains one single triangle. You can't have a triangle with only one angle. And you can't have a triangle with four angles. You need to have three angles to have a triangle. In a similar way, God has revealed himself as three persons, yet he remains only one God. Three, yet one. We have so many other aspects of this in our life that we experience around us. And when we try to understand difficult theological or religious concepts, first start with the things around us and try to see whether there is something similar to that in what we see, and often there is. However, we can't understand the fullness of God, therefore we have to be a little humble in our approach to God. So in that aspect, God is three persons who is one God and revealed himself in various ways. Where? First in the Old Testament. Although aspects of the Son and the Holy Spirit are found in the Old Testament, it was only with the coming of Jesus 
that the Son became visible, and with the sending of the Holy Spirit, that the role of the Holy Spirit became clearer as God's presence in everyone. This is a very um, deep concept that we need to unpack, and that's why it's very important to have the Bible as part of your daily discipline. Because when we read the Bible, first of all, we begin to see that sometimes when we read the Bible, there is the work of the Holy Spirit that is leading us to see and know something we may not have seen or known. Or we may be going through something, a very, very difficult decision, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit is working. So it's very important not to see the Holy Spirit as something conceptual, just an idea, but to begin to feel the work of the Holy Spirit and to pinpoint times in your life where you can really say, the Holy Spirit was working in my life at this time, and moving forward, how can I see the Holy Spirit working in, in my life? So the fullness, if you will, of the work of the Holy Spirit was shown at the time of Christ, but then Christ also showed that greater fullness will be revealed in the life of the church, in all of you here present. Yesterday with the children, we had a birthday, we had a birthday party for the church. We celebrated Pentecost, the birth of the church, and we celebrate that the gathering of the community, the body of Christ, and the sending it forth into the whole world is what the Holy Spirit does. And therefore, the Holy Spirit in Himself may not be visible, but the, but the work of the Holy Spirit is visible in every single one of your lives. Because of this, Jesus tells His disciples that He must depart. You might often think, well, why did Jesus stay and teach? It's specifically because of the activation of the members of the church that Jesus says he must depart. You know, when Jesus was in Nazareth, he wasn't in Bethlehem. And when he was in Jerusalem, he wasn't in Egypt. Jesus, when he became flesh, was limited geographically. However, when he ascended and sent the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit and the work of God is present throughout the whole world, specifically in the people who believe in his name. Therefore, when we think of the Holy Spirit, we need to think that God's love is so great that not only did God become flesh in Jesus Christ, but He continues to live in each one of us through the Holy Spirit. That is why St. Paul says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God? You are not your own, you are bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. This also is a very deep verse that points to the entire Old Testament of preparations for the temple, what was done in the temple, the holiness of the temple, prayers in the temple, etc., etc. You can look all that up. But all of a sudden, with the sending forth of the Holy Spirit, we believe that the Holy Spirit dwells in each and every one of you and that you are the temples of the living God. And we gather in church to manifest that unity of the Holy Spirit working in us in the world, but then the Holy Spirit gathering us to strengthening us to go back into the world. This leads us to the second point of many points which we can discuss. What does the Holy Spirit actually do? We can say the Holy Spirit does both nothing and the Holy Spirit does everything at the exact same time. 
Remember that if you remember anything in this homily, remember that the Holy Spirit does nothing and the Holy Spirit does everything. What do I mean by that? The Holy Spirit does nothing and can do absolutely nothing if we do not invite God and the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. It's as simple as that. If you ignore the work of the Holy Spirit, if you ignore the work of God, if you are not interested in a life of faith, God will do nothing in your life. Why? Is it because God is trying to punish you or is God is mean? No. It's because the nature of God and the nature of the loving God that we believe in as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is an invitational God and a relational God. If you decide to close your doors, God will not go through the window or through the chimney. God needs an open door in our life to respond. When you say you're open, God is there. But God is not waiting for you to respond because He has initiated the conversation with you. Very similar to the story of the prodigal son. The son did not wait inside, the, the father did not wait inside the house. The father waited outside the house waiting for the son to come back. He didn't force the son to come back. He didn't put a, a rope around his neck saying, you are my son, you must be in my house. He was relational and invitational and did not fight with the will of the son. So the Holy Spirit does nothing if we do not invite God to work in our lives. And God will not force us to love Him, to pray, for him, to pray to Him, or to do any good. So if we don't want God in our lives, the Holy Spirit does nothing. That's the first part of it. However, when we invite the Holy Spirit into our lives, we notice that the Holy Spirit is doing everything. We begin to see a power working in us that is much greater than any power that we have seen on our own. We also begin to see good things happening to us that make us better than we ever imagined we could be. In St. Paul's letter to the Galatians, he contrasts the works of the flesh with the works of the Spirit. What are the works of the flesh? The works of the flesh are the things that we see around us. And unfortunately, that is usually what the press, the media, and social media are trying to attract us to. Or advertising. We're advertised and we're, we're, we're encouraged to buy something as a result to what we see and perceive. But it's very important that not only the entire Bible and the message of faith and religion is contrasting the things that we are attracted to with the things that are truly good for us. St. Paul contrasts this as the works of the flesh and the works of the Spirit. Where he says in chapter 5 of his letter to the Galatians, the works of the flesh are obvious. Immorality, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, rivalry, jealousy, outbursts of fury, acts of selfishness, dissensions, factions, occasions of envy, drinking bouts, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, if we are attracted only to things of this world and responding simply to the urges of our flesh, we are not living a life with the works of the Holy Spirit. Then St. Paul contrasts this by saying, 
In contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Just put these two lists side by side and think of yourselves when you practice the former, how you feel. You feel the anxiety, you feel the tension, you feel the stress. However, when you practice the latter, self-control and patience, you feel a releasing, you feel a joy, you feel a peace. You feel the fullness of the Holy Spirit working in you. Notice that. Talk about that with your family around the dinner table. When you call somebody, tell them how you felt the work of the Holy Spirit that moment today or any other day. So when we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, we discover a part of ourselves that is stronger than if we were acting all alone. Pentecost Sunday is one of the biggest feast days of the church year because we celebrate that God is not just present in heaven. Very often we limit God to heaven. You say, where's God? He's in heaven. Okay, where's heaven? Somewhere other than, he, other than here. That's kind of the, the perception. But we celebrate God who is not only present in heaven or the heavens, depending how you want to see that, but a God who is active and working in our world. In general, God works around us. God is guiding the direction of church history. God is directing our lives. And even more specifically, a God who through us every day is working in everything that we're doing. Faith is not a Sunday checklist. It is an inspiration and a motivation to invite God into everything we do to inspire everything we do, from our family life to our business life to our every, every aspect that we can possibly think of. That is why it is important for us today to look at the things in our lives that are not going very well because we have ignored the voice of God and instead insisted on walking our own, according to our, our own wills and desires. We do not want to live according to our human wisdom, but rather we want to live according to the wisdom of God. God shows us this wisdom when we invite Him. That's when we allow Him to do everything. Today, let us commit ourselves to walk as children of God by allowing the Holy Spirit more into our lives allowing the Holy Spirit to work more in our lives. So let's say a short prayer to the Holy Spirit today and never forget to re-invite the Holy Spirit into our lives every day. And following this prayer, I invite all of you to spend about a minute of silence, reflecting on your life, reflecting on the work, the, the, the things that we have done and how great things have happened in our life when we've allowed God to work in our life and how sometimes the not-so-good things that happen when we insist on our own ways and put God aside. Let's pray. Pray. Repeat this prayer in your heart, in your mind. Say it out loud, if you will, whatever you want. Or just think of the words. Oh God, because you love us so much, you revealed yourself to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
I thank you for the gift of my life and all the blessings you have given me. I thank you for my family, my friends, and my talents. I want to open my heart and my life to the work of the Holy Spirit. Give me the strength and wisdom to always be faithful to you. Help me to set aside my own hopes, ambitions, and dreams so that I may discover the richness of your power and love in my life. I want to always live according to your Holy Spirit and I recommit my life to you today and every day. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.